Howdy, welcome to the show. Bobby's camouflage with his wall again. <laughs> yes. It's just that hat. It's so, like, it's it's the exact same I think it is my wall. favorite color, though. I think what I've realized is, like, it's I'm gravitating color. toward that stuff because it's, like, my favorite color. <laughs> I, don't know. color. I don't know if it's just because I painted the wall that way, and then I'm like, man, I love this. But Is your whole, so is like, the whole room painted that way? I no, didn't go in your office when I was at your house. No, it's just, no, it's just, uh, it's like white wall, you know, normal white beige walls. Okay. Like that. Turned out really well though. Yeah. I think I'm gonna do this whole room dark, like a, like a dark slate gray, black. Yeah. Almost not quite black. More. That's cool. Why? I think, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I think it'll help with lighting and stuff recording. Oh, uh, okay. Like yeah, help everything look better. Like yeah, I have a hard time recording in here and this color yeah. wall, because we have so much natural light, like we picked this color because it was the color we had in our old house and looked great. But in this house, it, everything looks beige to me. So, mm. so anyway, are you colorblind? I'm going to change it. No. My you struck me as somebody that would be colorblind. I don't know why. No, my brother-in-law is, and it's kind of funny because like you forget about it and he got, uh, my parents got them like a black stone flat top girl for yeah. their a wedding gift. And first time he was using it, I was there with him and he was cooking burgers and he's like, man, these look good. These look good to me. I think we're ready to pull them off. And I'm like, dude, they are bleeding all over. <laughs> like I like, I like raw meat and he's just, but I was like, those are not ready. And he's like, damn it. Just looks brown to me. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. like. <laughs> It's like, yeah, Can't see forgot you red. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of sucks. So yeah. I bought him a, I bought him a thermometer <laughs> with this little poke in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you're going to, yeah. you're going to poison somebody. Mm. Yeah. It yeah, helps. Dude. My dad likes to eat hamburgers. My dad eats like raw meat. I, I don't understand how he does it. I don't understand how he's made it this long, but his hamburgers, when he, when I cook them, he's like brown them on each side and that's it. Like just, pss, 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 and that's what he wants. So, like I like, you know, more rare steaks and stuff like that. Can't but do it with hamburgers. The though. one meat you're not supposed to do it with <laughs> is ground beef, because yeah. like if you do a steak, you're cooking the outside. Everything else is self-contained. There's no problem with bacteria. But with ground beef, and I didn't yeah, think about this at first. It's all mixed up. Like it's there's bacteria all through it. So yeah. you're supposed to you were supposed to make burgers done. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, he just he's Oof. a man of. He's a man that likes what he likes. He so. must have a strong gut. I guess so. Because he doesn't yeah. get sick. He does. I mean, like he's been eating like that forever. He doesn't, I don't know, whatever. I, don't I mean, I've had, a, <laughs> I've had a more rare. I mean, I, I used to eat them more rare, like burgers. Yeah. And then I learned that and I was like, I don't want to die from food poisoning. Yeah. Like regular food poisoning is bad. Death by food poisoning would be horrible. I don't know if you yeah, could actually go die from, from a cheeseburger, but. Maybe. No, I don't think it's a way to go out. I think it'd be a horrible way to go out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would suck. 
That would suck. All right, we have okay. a topic today. So uh, speaking of cheeseburgers, mm. I feel like there's like all these like cheeseburger brands, like, and lo- yes. people have like diehard loyalty to cheeseburger brands, like the fight mm. between Five Guys and In and Out and Whataburger and these things. Like people get way too into it. We're probably I don't feel somebody's loyal. Get- well, I don't feel loyal to it. I don't understand why people are like, I love this, like. Well, Whataburger has pretty good burgers. Like if we're talking like fast food, like In-N-Out has pretty good burgers. Five Guys has pretty good. Fur- like they're all pretty good. They're just different. So I don't know why people yeah. get so attached. Like I will only eat this burger and it's the best burger. It's like, yeah, it's kind of weird. It's kind of a weird practice to just yeah. only eat one type of fast food burger. But it's that brand loyalty, man. <laughs> I'm trying to think like, I don't have, I'm, I say this as a wearing an A&M shirt and Aggie hat. No, so. I- Outside of my college, I was like, you know, I don't have any like hardcore brand loyalties outside of like sports teams, but maybe, you know, maybe cheeseburgers are like sports to people. Like maybe that's their, are you partial to Garrison Brothers? Um, like, I mean, compared to other Texas bourbons, but like, I don't drink Garrison Brothers bourbon more than I drink other things. I probably drink other bourbons more than I drink garrison there yeah um, a lot of people don't I, like garrison that's been very interesting to see that because i like it but i think people either love it or they don't like it yeah yeah that's um, yeah definitely but like i wouldn't be brand loyal if i didn't like it like i wouldn't um like even though i've like met all those guys and stuff like there's been other places that i've gone and i've met people you know there's there's a winery in Fredericksburg that like i've met the owners and you know some aggies and stuff and like i'm not like Singing the praises there Messina stuff Hoff. all the time. No, which one? No, I like Messina Hoff. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna throw anything. I'm not gonna. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying you like it. One under so. the bus. No, okay. no. I have oh. some that like. I you know. I'm like, well, I like it, and I like the people, but it's not like my favorite. Um, gotcha, gotcha. Like Messina Hoff. Messina Hoff. Like I have a lot of. I mean, Katie and I got engaged in Messina Hoff. You know, we were members in College Station. We were members when we lived in Fort Worth. We were members now, the one in Fredericksburg. Like, so there's like a lot of um, just like a sentimental attachment to them, I guess. But, um, and their wine is really good, but they have like, like they have like really good stuff. And then they have like the stuff you can get at the grocery store. It's like good for grocery store wine. And then some of the stuff in between, like it just depends on my palate. Like I have sometimes I go and like, oh, this is really good. The high-end stuff's always good, but you know, some of the in-between stuff, like sometimes I really like it and sometimes I'm like, eh, you know, um, but they're a big producer and, you know, so I don't know. I've got other wineries that I like better than Messina Hoff yeah. and Fredericksburg. Yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense. But dude, their sparkling rosé though. So good. Mm. Yeah. Real good. I do like Texas rosé. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Branding. So yeah. So we're talking, t- about talking about branding. Brands. Yeah. So personal brand versus like a brand brand. I don't know if there's like, I guess a name brand. Um, We started talking about this a little bit Mm. yesterday. Obviously you're going through this with Millennial Money Man. Um, Yes. I don't know how much you've talked about that publicly, so we can talk about that. Um, But I think too, you know, like I've, I've kind of made the decision to build a personal brand in like the last year. So it's interesting, like you're going away from the personal brand and I'm like going toward that. Then we have Bumped Up Empires, which is clearly a name brand. So yeah, I think this will be a fun conversation and probably this is something that I think people spend way too much time on when they're first starting. 
oh, like yeah, trying to yeah, think definitely. through. I mean, maybe you don't feel that way now with what you're going through, but like, oh, I'm curious. So, so I think let's yeah. just talk about like the pros and cons of like personal brand versus a name brand. Um, I don't think there's a right answer, but we can kind of talk about, um, you know, what people should do, what, like what you're going through. I think people would be interested in what's going on with Millennium Money Man. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So I, my thoughts, uh, honestly, I do. I, well, I a hundred percent agree. I think people think about it too much. Like the reality is like, you can always make a change down the road. Now yeah. it's not easy. And that's, we'll talk more about that because like, that's, I'm not quite going through that yet, but I'm really like thinking about a lot of different things with, with that. But, um, you know, I, I think a personal brand never hurts unless you're trying to seek an acquisition, then a personal brand hurts. <laughs> like that's if, um, if you don't know what to do though, when you're starting out, do a personal brand. Cause you can always take it with you. Like, like you can yeah. always use it for other things. And if you pivot or change things, so like, and you can always like, there's a lot of people I know that have personal brands and then they build under their personal brand, they build a brand and then that yeah. becomes, you know, so like, um, I've talked to him about him a lot. So I like the guy, but like Ryan Stuman, you know, hardcore closer, like that was what he was known for. Like his personal brand is Ryan Stuman. People would consider hardcore closer, maybe consider that a personal brand, but he's made been able to turn it into just like an independent brand. His main thing in his company is apex you know apex entourage like that's that is its own brand like he has you know so he's kind of like created brands underneath his name and that's worked out well for him um so if you go that way you can always do that um but you know the nice thing about your name is like if you're building up your name like you're always gonna have your name but like you said it becomes harder with acquisition i just think maybe you disagree with that but like for me if i'm in that and i'm like oh it should be this or this like just I just go do your name, <laughs> just go build up yeah. your reputation and then figure it out later. So I see it as like three. I actually feel like I, I see it in three kind of lights. I think that, I think that if you look at something like Gary Vaynerchuk, he has his personal brand and then he has what, six, seven, eight brands underneath Vayner kind Media, of the Vayner media. Vayner. And it has his name in it, but it's all like yeah. all of those businesses could be acquired. Like they're not necessarily about him. They just are, they have his sure. last name attached to it. Um, but he always has his brand and that's like, he can go get speaking gigs and he can go write books and he can be, you know, a best selling author. And that's all of his social media, at least his primary stuff that he does is under his brand. And then he has other brands that he could package up and sell together or sell one off or grow them and. Um, they're loosely related to him or very related to him, but not totally attached to him. I think that that's an ideal setup. What I did is something in between, which is far dumber, <laughs> where I made <laughs> a brand that is not me. And it's not something that like the name of it, Millennial Money Man, is like a personal brand for a non-person. Where, whereas like meaning like, like you are the Millennial <laughs> Money Man. Yeah, but it's not my it's name. It's not called Bobby Hoyt. Yeah. So it's like that. And it's, so it's like, I create, I created a hybrid of the two where it was like, I created a persona for myself in a brand around that. I could, I don't actually do anything on social media at the moment, but at some point in my life, I will create like a real personal brand around just me. I finally bought the, (laughs) 
finally bought the domain name for my name. I couldn't for a long yeah. time because some guy randomly in Tennessee was holding it for years and I was just waiting for it to expire and it finally oh, expired. Geez. And then I finally <laughs> picked it up and I was like, yeah, so I finally picked that up. So I own that now. Um, but I've kind of gone the route of like, I, I was, I created a persona brand with like a superhero name, which I didn't think about it like that when I was doing it at the time, yeah. but it's like, it's me, but it's not me, but it's like, okay, well, if I was going to go and seek an acquisition, who is millennial money, man, do you have to get some guy to like run the site to replace me or what? So like, it does create a lot of issues the way that I did it. And I think I did it in kind of a specific weird way. I think the ideal setup is 100% like what you're doing where you could build other brands, but you've got your own personal brand, what Gary Vaynerchuk does. I think of a uh, Tori Dunlop as she's in the personal finance space, but she is like a TikTok, you know, star, but she owns a brand called her first hundred K, which is very, you know, like that yeah. could be, you know, sold on its own. That makes a lot more sense. And that's probably where I'm going to move at some point. Um, you know, maybe there's a rebrand that happens for millennial money, man, it turns into something else. And I think I'll probably develop my own personal brand for me at some point later down the road. I don't have any interest in it right now, but like, I might want to write a book someday or I might want to do yeah. something, you know? And so that's, that is, I, that is the ideal setup. So I, I think that it's safer to just go with personal brand and then build something else called something else, totally unrelated to you later. Yeah. But I didn't think of that at the time. I, I literally yeah. was just like looking up uh, for different webs. I mean, that's how a lot of people get started, but I was like, especially with blogging, I was like, okay, blog name, blog name, blog name, millennium, millennium. Mm, that sounds kind of cool. Yeah. I didn't think about how long it was. I didn't think about any of the stuff, but my caveat to all of that is that it's still a brand and it still makes money and it does well, you know, like, so yeah. I can fix it now and yeah, it's going to be a pain to do it, but you can still like the business and the name of the business and all that stuff doesn't matter as much as the strategy and quality of the information and the products that you sell. Like that's the stuff that really matters. The name of it can sure. change. Like companies go through rebrands all the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it can, I mean, yeah. And, and it, a lot of times you take the time you think about it, it works. I mean, we, we've seen firsthand with, with laptop empires, like the meta Facebook rebrand, like mm -hmm. that worked, <laughs> that, oh, that really helped, you know, their brand kind of revive itself yeah. on the Facebook side and rebuild some trust. And, um, I didn't think that was going to work at first. I was, I was wrong. Like it's. It's, they paid somebody a lot, a lot of money to, to come up with that strategy. And I, that's one of the first times that I've seen it work so well, because Facebook was such a brand, a damaged reputation of a brand, like their, I'm not saying this the right way, but their, their re brand reputation was so badly damaged from all the privacy issues. And just, mm -hmm. I think if Facebook became really big and I think anytime a company becomes really big, it just garners hate. Yeah. And Zuckerberg is like a weird alien guy too. And he had to go to Congress and that was weird. But then as soon as they changed it, then it's like, they basically said, Hey, we're going to do the metaverse and Facebook's just one of our portfolio companies. And then it's like, nobody hates Facebook anymore. Maybe they do, but not in the same way. Yeah, It's different. It's weird. It definitely, it definitely. I don't even know how to describe it. I, I wish I could, but there was a lot of, especially like Facebook side hustle. There was a lot of question around the company and is this still viable? And like, are they okay? And like. There was like fear around Facebook that was affecting us. And then that's just disappeared. Right. Yeah. Like that's, 
we just haven't heard it's totally that disappeared and you don't even what's interesting about that one is like you don't i think it's because they took such a dramatic shift with the name and also hey we're changing the direction of our company so yeah. even though it's the same dude that's in charge of it and all the same people and the product is exactly the same it's like it just shifted everybody's perception of what the company is and what they care about and so now it's like oh they're the metaverse company and whether that's stupid or not we'll see but What's funny is like now they're actually yeah. advertising more back into their ad ad platforms and they've actually like decreased from what yeah. I understand, decreased what they're doing on the other side. It was a brilliant marketing play um, for, for a brand that really had some bad, bad baggage attached to it. And I can't think of another, I'm sure somebody older than us can be like, oh, they're totally this company. You know, I think Google might've done it a little bit with Alphabet, but not, not to the same degree. Um, can't even do anything kind of like I, that. Yeah. Can, I don't know. know. I mean, it's in our world, so we see it, but so I'm, yeah. I'm curious, you know, when did you going back to you with millennial money, man, like when did you start thinking like, Hey, I might need to change the brand, <laughs> especially when there's so many, like our buddy grant millennial money. There's, I mm -hmm. saw somebody on Twitter, a millennial money woman the other day. Like there's, there's a mm -hmm. lot of like that millennial money thing. So you've yeah. gotten through that and that hasn't seemed to be a huge problem so like when did you start feeling yeah. like you know what i need to maybe change this uh when i started hiring full-time employees I, I started really thinking about it because I, I started to think about like where is this going when i started i would just wanted to be a, i just wanted to write at blog posts and make 100 grand a year and work by myself and sit in coffee shops all day and that was i did all that and that was great but like once i decided like i want to turn this into a real media company um, and then I started hiring full-time employees then I was like okay there is an awkwardness about this where it's like we want to go so much further than I can go by myself and me being like the face of the brand and all of that it it isn't exactly what I want to do I don't want I, I have no desire to like be a famous person really at all because I just really don't like I just don't care to do like I don't care yeah, about that sure um, I, I like helping people. I like what we do. Um, but when it comes to me thinking about like, okay, I'm going to go and, you know, get paid to speak and I'm going to be away from my, my son. And I don't, I don't want to travel a lot for that type of sure. work. Um, and I've done a little bit of that stuff. I, I uh, Salesforce brought me out a couple of times to, they flew me out to like Toronto and New York and stuff. And I remember just really disliking this was actually before I had a kid. I was like, this isn't the life that I want. Um, but yeah, so then I was like, okay, well, I don't, I'm going to become a bottleneck. The brand's just about me. It's going to slow the team down, all of that. So kind of what we've decided in the, in the interim is like, we're probably going to rebrand at some point, or we keep uh, Millennium Money Man as a portfolio brand. But what I did was I actually created a new LLC um, called Stellar Media Group. And so Stellar Media Group is, is the company that, that holds Millennium Money Man. But it might just be that Stellar Media Group is a holding company and Millennial Money Man is a portfolio brand underneath that. That might be the direction we go. I'm not sure on that. Um, so it's either going to be a rebrand or it's going to be one of many brands that make up Stellar Media Group. But that, yeah, that pretty much, once I decided, like, I want this to be bigger, um, I want this to be a larger brand, like a something like a Penny Hoarder or a Nerd Wallet or whatever. Like, then I was like, okay, this doesn't make sense with me at the helm yeah, or me, me as the face. And it's a hard URL for people to, people can't spell millennial. So it's just hard for people. Yeah, that's true. 
Did I mean, did you ever think of like turning yourself into like a cartoon, like Monopoly? <laughs> like you could um, just, is that a solution? Uh, you know, actually it's funny. We're, we're redesigning. We've, we've been in a, a website, website rebuild for better part of a year now. And the site's actually done for the most part. We've got some ancillary pages that need to be up, but from like a, from like a strategy standpoint, like an SEO strategy standpoint, and all of that, we haven't, we haven't released it yet. Um, but one of the ideas was like to make me a cartoon character, um, at some point. And I was, I was kind of like, you know what? I don't want to go that far. Like I, I, I want to, I don't want to be the face of it, but I feel like putting cartoon people in is not where we need to go, but I might lose that battle. Who knows? You know, it just depends on how, <laughs> you know, how far we go down that rabbit hole. Um, but it's That's tough, funny. man. It's just like, it's hard to know what the right thing to do is, but the reality is even though we've had all these struggles of what should the name be and what should the brand be the end of the day, at the end of the day, like the brand matters very little compared to the actual product yeah. and customers, you know, what you do for people and what you sell. Like I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. It's like, we could hire a full-time employee to just work on brand and just work on all that stuff. But that is like a luxury item. Like I'm very much in the mode right now. Like who can we hire that is going to have a direct impact on bottom line revenue for the company? So like who, who can continue to expand our sales, continue to diversify revenue? Like that's where I'm, I'm at. I think having a, you know, a great brand and a, um, I don't know, all of the creative stuff like that is super important, but it's harder to tie a direct number to like the effectiveness of that on your bottom line. And I just think it doesn't matter very much in the grand scheme initially. It does when you want to get to a certain point and you want your brand to be like an attractive brand and you're trying to like seek an acquisition and all of those things do matter down the road. But like when you're first starting, you just have to make good shit and sell good shit. (laughs) Like that's all you have to do. Like that's your main focus. Like you've got to help people. Uh, like you have to solve customer problem, customers' problems. And if you do that, your branding can be whatever and it can be non-existent. And it, it, you know, how many, how many solo entrepreneurs do we know that? uh, Well, honestly, like you're a good example of this. Like red dirt doesn't have like a fancy website or at least I don't think it does. I don't have any of that. Well, you, you, when we were talking the last podcast episode, you were talking about red dirt and Mm -hmm. it was a little weird hearing you talk about that, like on the podcast, because there's no, there is no website. I bet some of my clients don't even know that my company is called Red Dirt because I've just never operated it that way. Like sure. it really is. It's based off of it's like, like the LLC name. reputation. Yeah, it is. It's the LLC name. Um, and yeah, but it's more of just like, it's just, you know, it's been more off my reputation and everything. Um, yeah. and, and that, you know, that was kind of that impacted partially me going and like, Hey, I'm going to put some effort into the personal brand, you know, making that decision over the last year, because I was like, I didn't want to just be known as like the Facebook guy for a long time. And, And the reality is like, either you have a reputation online, whether you want it or not, like you can't stick your head in the sand, like, so you can control that reputation or you can just let it be whatever it wants to be. And so for me, you know, and that's been hard because I've been trying to think about like, well, what exactly, like what, what do I do? Like, what do I help people with? And it's not like yeah. Facebook ads aren't really the answer, right? Like that's yeah. a vehicle. It's a traffic source that we use, Part of it. but it's yeah. not like what we actually do. And so, you know, I've had to think a lot about that um, and, and try to 
shape my content around that and like figure out like how do I track the right people? What do I want it to be in the future? All that kind of stuff. But um but yeah, it's it's I feel like laptop empires came to us very easily. Like yeah. that concept. But it's hard to come up with the name. It's hard to come up with the brand. And yeah. when you're this starting is- out as a when you're starting out as a solopreneur, like your it's you. It's your voice. It's your content. So if you, you know, I just wouldn't waste time on it. Like, I think this is an interesting conversation. Um, and I think both are pet important and it just even goes to show that like you're saying, Hey, you know, I'm trying to figure this out for millennial money, man, but eventually I will start a personal brand. And you see that with every big company, like whether a company blows up or they get acquired or whatever it is. And you see that with all these online companies, every tool that you use where you promote as an affiliate. There's a solo brand behind it. There's a person that created that product. There's somebody that created, you know, Russell Brunson with ClickFunnels. The guy, I don't know his name, but the ConvertKit. I've seen his podcast on YouTube Mm. and different stuff. Like those people are there and they have some expertise and they have something that they're good at and they're known for that's not their product or their company. So, you know, it's. Yeah. I think Facebook's a good example of it too, from the perspective of like, how many billions of dollars did Facebook make when Facebook really like, if you think about what Facebook is and, and what they were trying to do with their company, they were so, they were limited because it's like a digital phone book with faces on it or whatever. Like yeah. the name was itself is very limiting. It's not the perfect name, but they had such a great product and such a unique product. And they did something for advertisers with the way that they could run ads and, and the targeting they could do. Yeah. It's something for people where they provided this resource for free for people to connect with other people. So they they went a long way with a subpar kind of name. And then just recently after billions of in revenue, they yeah. changed it to something that's probably more of a a good brand name or whatever. Um, yeah. And so it's like, it doesn't matter. Like it does matter sort of, but it really doesn't in the grand scheme. And that's kind of like, I just think you can make this stuff as complicated as you want. There's no perfect way to do any of it, but I think if you're talking about like the most straightforward, easy way, like just going with yourself is a great way to do it. And there's a reason, like you see all these startups with stupid names, like they just pick random names, like name generators sometimes, like sometimes the yeah. names are completely unrelated. And I think it, it it comes down to, you know, they're trying to find something that's memorable and cool and everybody comes down to, to products, products more important. Yeah. But it's like, people don't like Uber because it's called Uber. They like Uber because it's super convenient to go anywhere and it was a very unique idea and you don't even have to have unique ideas yeah, to be successful but it was just think about it lyft is number two yeah. and lyft is a better name yeah than uber yeah but they'll always be number two yeah uber i don't know if uber means something in german or whatever but like i don't know what you know like it's just called uber but it's the fact that it's a cool app that you can just get a ride anytime yeah. you want super easily like that's what matters so yeah I know that that doesn't make people feel better when they're starting a business and they, you know, we've seen this time and time again, where like people start a freelancing business and they're like, oh, I don't want to get started until I have a perfect name. And like, that's usually fear and procrastination and and a little bit of like imposter syndrome. And you feel like you got to pretend like you're something you're not, but you, you make money doing good work and providing good solutions for customers, like solving people's problems. And if you just focus on that, you can have a multi seven figure business. You could have a multi billion dollar business before you have the perfect name. Like it's just a reality, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think 
it's, I think, um, in some ways, like you're, especially if you're in like the digital product space, like almost your, your product name is almost more important than your brand name. Yeah. Because yeah, sometimes, probably. and not, not always, like if you have a good product, it doesn't almost doesn't even matter what it's called, but, um, cause some have like, I know some really good ones that have goofy names, but if you have a good name that explains the product to me, it makes it easier to sell and to market. Um, the example I always think of like, uh, Jason from any man fitness, like great brand, you know, like yeah. <laughs> it's almost yeah. like his niche is almost like there's no niche. It's just a regular everyday person. But, you know, I think of one of his products in particular is called no cardio fat shredding. It's like an eight week program. Yeah. It's so, it's such, it's so good. Cause you just know like immediately, like, well, I want to lose weight and I don't like cardio. I'm in. Like it was just yeah. so, it's so simple. And so sometimes you have a name like that, where it just so clearly conveys the message. You've taken the, the end result, the solution, and you've like bottled it up into a short, you know, thing where, so, and that's a skill to do. He's really good at that. Um, yeah. but so sometimes it, it can matter, like something like that can help. But at the end of the day, like that's not what made it successful. What made it successful is all the results and he can put up all of those, yeah. um, the, all that social proof. What made it successful was the marketing strategy, the, you know, growing the list, like all of those kind of things. So don't overthink the brand stuff, but what I would do, you know, is whatever you're doing, if you're becoming a blogger, a YouTuber, you know, whatever, go like make a decision and then start really building the brand. And like, to me, like that's, you know, really hone in on the solution you provide or the problem you solve, however you want to look at it. And then just focus on acquiring emails, focus on building okay, yeah, your list, yeah. focus on building that, that thing, that non algorithmic audience, the right. email list. Um, like that should be the number one thing that you focus on. And as you do that, you're going to refine your message and you're going to refine your brand through your content and through your email marketing. Cause like your brand is more the voice and the message than it is the name. Yeah. And people don't think about that and they're all over the place. Um, I think one of the things I have the hardest time with is I do think about all of that. And so, <laughs> I, you know, I'm trying to like really dial that in and think, you know, it's like almost, it's almost like, a, it's almost like I'm overthinking, you know, you overthink it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but, but that's what matters. Like when you're first starting, like if I was, uh, you know, if I was a, a creator of some sort, just starting, like somebody goes and they start a blog in the personal finance space, we'll just create content and try to figure out how to get emails. Like that's the first skill that you need to learn to build your brand. In, in my opinion, you might feel something different, but like, you know, like that's, that's how you start making money. That's how you start building that following and truly build that brand and that brand loyalty. Yeah, I, I think I do agree. I mean, like I said earlier, you can make this stuff as complex as you want to, but ultimately, like even with Millennial Money Man, I started with a blog and a newsletter. You know, yep. I was like writing some content and I had, I was, <laughs> I was signing people up to my email list to get the newsletter, like the worst offer, worst lead magnet ever. And that worked really, really well just over time. Like that's, it was a very simple concept and now it's way more complicated. It still has the same name. Like now it's like full-time employees and all sorts of stuff going on. But that was a choice that I made to intentionally make it more difficult because sure. I wanted to scale. But yeah. I mean, the beginning, man, 
just super simple is so it and yeah it's super simple and you can never go wrong with going very simple right yeah Yeah, you can never yeah you can never mess up by going too simple no you'll be more successful if you keep it simple yeah complexity slows down your growth and yeah you see i've I've made things complex over the years it gets yeah i can't tell you how many many times i've seen like people try to make their brand look like it's a big brand before it's a big brand Um, and that I don't think I've ever seen that actually work. <laughs> like, I can't remember mm-hmm. one time where I've seen a blog that was clearly like a, a baby brand new blog, but they were trying to like present themselves as some like news publication. They never make it like that because I think that there's nothing to grab onto. There's no social proof around the brand. Like, you know, a company like no story. Wallet, yeah, there's no story. Like NerdWallet isn't like story driven, but like they have enough money to where they can run TV ads. You know, like, how did they, they start a, though? How did it's a st- I, think, mean, I believe it was a startup. I believe that was actually oh, okay. like, a, like a funded startup. I'm not totally sure. Um, but you know, another another kind of better example is is the penny order. Like that was a fifty million dollar year company before they got acquired. It looked like a regular blog, but the thing is that they had the capital because they had started bootstrapped and they worked their way up. And then the guy Kyle. Uh, that was running it. I believe he got on Oprah or something like, but he was just blogging, but it's like, if you build a brand and you try to make it look like the penny hoarder, but you don't have, you know, $20 million per year that you can dedicate to advertising and you don't have a million people on your email list and you don't have all of the other things that are associated with a successful brand, then you're not going to make it that with that yeah. look, like you have to build trust. And it's like such a process, like build trust. If you want to grow something big like that, it's like, you build an audience, you build a following, you sell products successfully, and then you reinvest that money over time. And it's like very, very slow until you can actually like build that real team. But you can't take a shortcut by like making your brand look like it's something that's successful right. when there's no resources behind it to actually show people that it's a successful thing or you don't have the yeah. ability to reach people in a, in a quick, quick way and in, in, in a, f- a sophisticated way. So yeah, just go simple. Like don't try so, to pretend what, like it's something that's not. What's your, yeah, definitely don't try to pretend it's not. It's something that's not. Um, so what, what's your thoughts on like this culture in Twitter right now of like the one person business? And I mean, I think, it, I think it's, I know who you're talking All right. I don't know who you're talking about. I've seen a lot of Well, that. no, it's like a, there's a lot of them, you know, where, and it's, well, their business is a lot of these people, their business is, um, it is tweeting to build an email list. They send out a newsletter. They turn the newsletters into blogs. They're not SEO based blogs. They're just sure content yeah, just... based blogs. And then they're selling a digital product or coaching or agency service. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I, I, I guess I was bringing that up not to like throw shade on. No, I don't think it's businesses, no, but, it's... um, but there are, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of these, like they're solopreneurs and they've built up a brand or a following and there seems to be a big culture of that in twitter right now maybe there always has been but it just seems more maybe it's just more um what's the word solidified now like it's it's like yeah. it's more established yeah twitter and twitter is interesting i've seen a lot of that it, it, i think there, there's a lot of guru kind of stuff that happens on twitter but even this, I don't think this is a guru thing. I think that there, it's like good marketing is always when you're, you know, 
zigging or you're you're zagging when everybody's zigging or zigging when everybody's zagging, whatever. But like that's good marketing. And I think that there's a lot of people that are trying to build bigger brands. And so, you know, somebody coming along and saying, no, you should build a one person business and you can make seven figures a year, eight figures a year, or maybe not eight. I haven't seen that, but you can build a seven, seven figure sure. business by yourself. And I think that that is for some people, that is a, an awesome way to do business because some people straight up do not want to deal with the difficulty and hassle of managing contractors and certainly not full-time employees. And I was that person for a long time. And I ran a solo business, just me before you and I got together. Like there was nobody there, but me writing, doing all the work. And I was making six figures a year and I got bored with it. And I got kind of depressed and I wasn't as fun as I thought it was going to be. But it turns out that I just really like I actually enjoy the process of managing, maybe not even, I don't like love managing people, but it's something that I can do, but I love the team aspect and I love the, the building toward a bigger vision with other people. Like that's what makes it very fun for me. I didn't know that at first though. So like, I think it it solely depends on what kind of person you are and what you enjoy doing Uh, because doing everything by yourself sucks. You know, like, uh, yeah. you know, totally, totally being the, the person that has to do all of the grunt work, like it's cool for a year, cool for two years. For me, once I got into like three years of it, I was like, okay, this, this is kind of lonely and this is kind of a grind and this kind of sucks. And then now that I, I mean, I've been, I've been hiring people for, I don't know, maybe four years now. And now we just, we have. I just hired another full-time employee. We'll probably hire one or two more this year. So we'll be like a team of five or six full-time and contractors and stuff like that to me is a ton of fun. And it's obviously more stressful because, you know, people, the people management side of things and trying to figure out what people want and what they don't want and how to motivate people and all the different, you know, all the different things that come along with complexity. That's difficult, but what's, I, I feel super energized every day and I love what I'm doing. So it just, it just depends, you know? So I don't think, I think that you should be weary of people that say, this is the only way that you should do this because they're likely trying to sell you their program or something. Not that there's even anything wrong with that, but like there's no one size fits all in business. And somebody saying that a a one person business that does seven figures is superior. Like, is that superior to a $50 million a year business where you can exit for a hundred million dollars or $300 million? I don't know. Depends on what you want. Like if you want to make a hundred million dollars, then a one person business that you would have a hard time selling is not superior. Yeah. So it all depends. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause like, um, you talk about, you know, like having the team and like how much that energizes you and stuff. And you know, I, when I think about like, what's the ideal situation for me, it's not being solo. And I don't know if it's the, the team thing. Um, I, I have to have people to delegate to, um, for one, like I've, I've started to realize like, I'm really good at, um, like I'm really good at starting things and I can finish things, but it takes me after the initial start, I get, I get too many other ideas. So it takes a lot of effort to focus, to finish that thing. But one of the things that works well for me at the agency the you know, the way it's set up is. I can start something, someone can go do, so I do the first 10%, they go do 80% of the work, 
And then like, I come in and just like finish it off, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, I can do the start and the finish and they're like doing the bulk of, you know, so it's like, okay, here's the idea. Here's what needs to happen. Here's what you need to do. Go do it. And it comes back. Okay. I'm going to tweak it. I'm going to fix this. Like that works really well for me. So I feel like I would probably, my strength would be like a solid assistant in person, like somebody local that I could meet with every day and work with. Like, I feel like that would probably be the best thing. Having like an executor or an operator would probably be ideal. But then I think about that and I go, I know realistically what would happen is like, if I got that person, then I would immediately jump into team mode. I would just have that person to manage a lot of that for me because I don't want to be managing the team, but I can, I want somebody to talk to and bounce ideas off of and like to be able to go. And if I can have that one person that is accountable to me and then they're yeah. maybe dealing with like the contractors and stuff like that's pro that's probably where I think would be ideal. Cause I've thought about that. Right. And we've talked about like, do we want to have the big team? Do we want, I'm like, I don't know if I want that. And then I started to realize, well, I probably do. I just, I need that operator. You know, yeah, and I and the the longer I've been doing this, the more I realize like I need somebody that I can just, I need that um, that feeling of like I can go next door and knock on the office and bounce an idea. You yeah, know? I think that so much of business once you like as you go into it, you progress in it. I think you get like past year three or five or whatever, and you start learning like how you're built. And then you yes. start just kind of going down that path. Like that was what has happened for me. I just realized like, oh, I'm like strangely built for the stress that comes along with having a bunch of people on your team and having full-time employees. Cause it is certainly like more stressful. I've there, I definitely over the last year, I've been probably more stressed, but every time I talk to my wife about it, she's like, yeah, you seem like, you know, like you're working really hard and they're like, you're more stressed. I'm like, yeah, but I really love it. Like, this is awesome. Yeah. Just kind of a weird, like, like masochistic kind of way to look at things. But it's just, I do. I'm like, it's so not, not really though. You, you're, we're all going to have stress in our life. Like if yeah. you're, you're juggling different things, we are, our life, we have to make decisions. Like we can't do everything. We are, there's going to be something that we're going to regret that's going to cause yeah. stress. There's going to be some sort of tension or thing that we have to manage or figure out. And so it's just a matter of like, you choose your regrets, you choose your stress. And yeah. if you can choose the things like you say you're stressed, but it's really, you have problems that you have to solve and you yeah. have responsibilities that you have to meet and all problems and responsibilities are stressful, but that doesn't mean that they make you unhappy. And we associate stress with mm. like negative, but if yes. you're choosing, if you're choosing to pass on the right things and you're choosing to worry about the right things and solve the right problems, then you're going to be happy. And of course there's tension, but there's, you know, and that's like, you got to pay attention to like, we're always busy. I freaking hate this. Okay. <laughs> just like, it's, it just I keeps going I start on doing it. I started using it just to like keep track of my steps. Cause I don't keep yeah. my phone on me all the time. And then, but it just beeps. I don't, I don't know. It's doing like stand up thing. Yeah. Or, yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, you, you have to choose, you have to choose all that. And so you just got to pay attention to like when, when you're busy, like, is it a good busy or is it a bad busy? And then like, when you're stressed, like, are you enjoying it or is it a problem? You know? And mm -hmm. that's like, we just came out of like baseball season. I was so busy and I was so stressed out and doing all that kind of stuff. And it was over. And I was like, man, that was fun. Yeah. We had a good time. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that kind of busy. 
Yeah. But there's other times where I've been busy and I'm like, you know, like had client overload or whatever. And I'm like, I didn't enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd so yeah, I, I agree with all that. I think it just I think for me and I think for anybody it comes down to like like I said, like you have to just kind of you, as you get older and you like you start to reflect a lot more and think about like what you like and don't like, like you just build towards your strength and I'll t- and it wasn't even something for me like with the full-time stuff i didn't sit there and go like i'm good at managing people i'm gonna go down this path uh i was talking it you know i, I credit jess um who is our our bookkeeper and runs our, our tax mm-hmm. firm um, the bottom line cpa like i i paid for some coaching with her and we did it for la too it's like but, the closest thing to a life coach i've ever had yeah and She's it was but like it was like person she just helped me realize maybe just by telling me, but she was just like, you're really good at this. Like, you don't, I don't know if you know that you're really good at this people, the people part of this, but like you're, this is something that you're really strong in. And so she kind of nudged me to go down the full-time route and, um, and has nudged me to be more aggressive in that way. Cause I was very conservative about like, I don't want to spend that much money. And, but um, once I started doing that, I was like, oh, she was right. Like, this is, this is what I, this is what I'm kind of built for. Yeah. And then the stress part to come back to what you said, like, yeah, I, like I should clarify, like, yes, I'm more stressed, but it's usually good stress. And there's some, for me, like there's something about having the team. It's not that much this way. I would say more last year when we really started hiring people and, um, expenses definitely went up and all of that. Like it was like, oh man, we've got a hustle or we're, we're not going to make it. You know, like there were times where I was like, man, this might all fall apart. And then I might, who knows what's going to happen. And I'll, I'll do whatever I have to do to make sure that doesn't happen. But like that kind of like, it's like this, like a scene in like Indiana Jones or something where like the boulders about to like crush you. And then you like jump out of the way. And then you're like, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Like I like that um, in business. Now I might not like that as we get further along. And I might find too that, you know, I might get to 10 employees and be like, I don't know if I want more than this. Cause like, then you start getting into dip, sure. like, you know, 10, 20, 30 employees, you start kind of, it looks a lot different, you know, and it's a different kind yeah. of business and this, you know, slows down. But I like the excitement of having like a, a tight, smaller team right now where everybody's just all in on it and we're just, you know, moving. So anyway, yeah, but you know, three years from now, I might be like, man, I hate this. <laughs> I don't think so though. Um, yeah, but it's, you know, it's, and that's the other thing. And, and this kind of goes back to the branding stuff. Leave yourself room to maneuver. Oh, yeah. You know? um, <laughs> my first company was called Fastlane Fitness. It was an online fitness business. Fastlane. I couldn't ever, I couldn't use that brand. You know, I couldn't use that when I, when I started getting into marketing. So, you know, it's, it's, and I feel like I look at it and go, you know, I've, kind of pivoted in some way every two to three years. Like there's Mm -hmm. been some big change in the business and that's going to happen. Like you have to do that to be successful because you have to like things change. The, 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 the marketplace changes, your interests change, your life changes. So you, you know, you need to give yourself some room. And so it doesn't matter like if it's a, you know, brand or personal brand like that. That's why I said early on, like, if you don't know, just use your name because your name yep. will always be your name. And even if your interests shift, like you might lose some people along the way as you change what your brand is about, but you'll still retain more than you think you will. Um, but at the yep. end of the day, like you need to build your audience and you need to provide good results or a good product or whatever it is. Like that's all that matters at the end yep. of the day. 
Like people aren't following you because you're millennial money, man. They're following you because you've added a, 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 uh, certain personality to Mm. good quality info and they trust you. And, and that's all, that's all the work. That's not the name. Yeah, I agree. So start with the name, never go wrong. All right. Well, thank you guys for uh, paying attention to another episode and uh, we'll see you next week. If you got any ideas, anything you want to hear us talk about, let us know in the comments and we'll make it happen. Catch you later. You've been listening to the Laptop Empires podcast with Mike Yonda and Bobby Hoyt. For more information and the resources mentioned in this episode, go to laptopempires.com forward slash podcast.